And I'm Letha. And today we're doing something a little special. Mm -hmm. Our very first mailbag episode. That's right. Uh, Along with a review of the trailer of Cobra Kai Never Dies. uh, Sorry, Cobra Kai Season 3. And some of the internet's more spicy theories on what's coming up. Um, But first, uh, we want to get to some questions and comments from our Twitter feed because we're actually engaging on Twitter slightly more than once a year. That's right. You say. And you know what? This coming year, 2021, this is going to be the year where this podcast takes first priority for us. <laughs> we're quitting our day jobs. You know, this is why we don't have a Patreon or anything, because um, we're both kind of slackers on the social media front. This is true. But, you know, we, we want to engage more with all of you listeners, or I, I use the word plural, like aspirationally, I think. Hey, we were recently told we are trending in Australia, goddammit. That makes me sad for Australia's Someone podcast named scene. Emailed us. <laughs> yeah, that that may or may not have been a scam, but we're still very proud anyway. But you know, we're also Nina. Do you realize that season three might be the first season of Cobra Kai that we actually get to like review episode by episode in real time? That's true, and I no longer have to sell you on the show like I did when I watched season one alone before it was cool, before everyone was into it. This is true. Now, I mean, I'm. Really happy for Cobra Kai for making the move from YouTube Red to Netflix because suddenly people have watched it. But then, infuriatingly, people are like, "It's such a good show. Have you seen it?" And it's like, <laughs> "You were one of those people." Oh, what the? No, I was there from the get go. As soon as I got are over you? the fact that you liked the show and was able to like it myself, I've been in the trenches with you. But now I've got people. Got listeners. Some... If you think of me as Kurt Cobain, uh, Love was one of the kind of like new metal bands that came along. And what? are you even talking about? I don't know much about music, guys, but I do know <laughs> this. I was here at the beginning, and I'll be here at the bitter end. I'm actually really excited that there is this like huge fan base, because um, we recently reviewed uh, Karate Kid Part 3, which is my favorite Karate Kid. Um, my that, second favorite Karate Kid. That was kid. also the week where I I tweeted more than I ever have. To, to what... Um, well, one thing that we got out of it, really, was the attention. The one like that we got from one Thomas Ian Griffith. Um, in is, case you're not insane, um, he plays... Everyone knows who Thomas Ian Griffith is, He plays is, okay? Terry Silver, villain extraordinaire in Karate Kid 3, and he's What did excellent. that like mean? I mean, think about it. What didn't it mean? Um, but anyway, I feel like slightly less inspired to tweet. After that whole whirlwind courtship. I mean, that was a great response to a great tweet, I want to say. Was it thirsty? A little bit. But... It was a lot thirsty. <laughs> um, but you know what? That's what the social... This is why we've stayed off social media for so long. You know, it draws out your base impulses. It's true. You know? But you know what? They're so close yet so far away. But to have that kind of reaction, like, I'm just going to say, it made our year. That's true. Yeah. I mean, Kyler follows follows us now and will be in season three so who knows where that relationship could lead oh yeah very excited about that twitter is like the wild west the more we learn of it um the more we realize how old we are (laughs) exactly it's just so much work i just realized what mentions are i was like what that's another tab (laughs) this is what makes me johnny it's like yeah god hash brown on social media finally yeah (laughs) um Anyway, so I thought we could start with some kind of, in no particular order, some questions we received. Um, 
Maybe we should take the first one about Allie. So, one listener says, can you guys please talk about how the high school still has a photo of Allie in the trophy case, even though it's been almost 40 years since she was a student? What is it about Allie that apparently has the entire town enchanted with her? And I want to say that in parentheses it says afterwards, no Allie hate, just genuinely curious. Are there actual Allie haters? I don't know, but like I see what they're this uh, this questioner's getting at, and that like I I don't hate Allie either. I like Allie, but it is sort of like what kind of magic spell did she cast on everyone she meets? Where yes, it is kind of odd that in forty years they haven't replaced the picture of her, and it is kind of odd that it's like you meet Allie and you're done, like that's it. You'll start a war for her. She's like the Helen of uh, wherever this is, Rosita. the Helen of Rosita, definitely. Um. I have two theories. So one is a normal one, and the other one is a little bit more, shall we say, avant-garde. All right, let's start with normal and get to the crazy. <laughs> I mean, as we've discussed, I think the the kind of weird hold that high school has for the characters in the Karate Kid universe is not to be underestimated. So their relationships are kind of crystallized in the early 80s, and they never forgot about them. Um, even though, as we learned... At least um, Daniel and Allie didn't date all that long. They dated for like a month or so. Yeah, Max. And he's he's out there. I mean, this is probably just part of his general midlife crisis. Um, but, you know, Johnny also, they dated for a couple years. But yeah. again, it's high school. And again, maybe we found our high school experiences rather meaningless. And I remember nothing of high school. Absolutely nothing. Being really sleep deprived. Um, being late to school often. Meeting you. Right, exactly. Yeah, I, I, mean, I barely even remember my that. My past follows me around in ways that I couldn't have expected. What the hell? You follow me around, actually. Let them move to D.C., guys. After I mean, her, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Oh, man. Am I like your Johnny? <laughs> anyway, leaving get- that larger and scarier question aside, I mean, have you ever thought about how Johnny dated Allie for two years and Daniel dated her for, like, two months. And, like, when you're watching The Karate Kid 1, obviously you don't know what will be. But it's, like, Johnny had this, like, very long and intense relationship with her. For Daniel, she's literally just a girl he met yeah. who got hit it off with. It's strange. Again, Judy. Leaving behind old Judy. Oh, that's right. Um, yeah, you know, if I were Johnny, I would be like, stop trying to compare our relationship histories. They're not equivalent at all. What I would like to know is... Has Daniel ever dated anyone longer than a month prior to meeting Amanda? Like, maybe it was just, like, tearing up and down Reseda for 20 years. Kind of seems that way. Johnny kind of seems like he's got all this, like, external hustle. And maybe he's had some meaningless relationships. But he has, like, a torch. Mm -hmm. Like, had Allie been willing to get back together with him and not gone off to Colorado or whatever. Oh, yeah, he's he still... definitely pursued her and, and, you know... He's still, like, telling his buddies in, like, season two that, like, he never really got over Allie. And it's like... I mean, you, yeah, you're right. Everybody's kind of frozen in high school. But it's also just like, geez, you have not seen that girl in, like, what, 25 years? But to, to this listener's point, remember the episode in season two when he's out with his buddies, um, Johnny's out with his buddies and... and his Cobra Kai click and what was the, you always remember the names better than Bobby, Johnny, Jimmy, one Jimmy, of the, what? one of the Jimmies. Stop just like pulling names out of a hat. Um, 
I can't be blamed shoot. for the identical Tommy. Voice. Tommy's the one who ends up in the body bag. Exactly. One of them also mentions that like Allie was the the secret love of his right, life. Right. That's and right. And they never dated. So I mean. It's a fair point. Does Allie have some sort of like weird magical hold on so this high school? This is totally relevant, you guys. But we were just watching this YouTube video about that. Like, is Johnny the real hero of the Karate Kid saga, or is Daniel the real villain? And like, there's this great thing where they keep referring to Miyagi as like Karate Sorcerer Miyagi and Child Batterer Miyagi <laughs> uses his demon powers to like give give Daniel superhuman strength. Anyways, I love that. I, maybe maybe Allie comes from the same supernatural plane where, you know, you see her and then you're like, bam, that's it. You live to serve her. That's how it that's works. That's true. I mean, I think it's just a convenient plot. Also, point. I want to <laughs> say just as a non-Allie hater as well, Allie is like pretty, pretty fucking charming. Like I, I had sort of completely forgotten Karate Kid 1, like how she's not like your typical 80s heroine. You know, she's her love interest just kind of like standing there looking impatient. She's like kind of feisty and she goes after what she wants which is daniel pretty clearly and so i like that that she's not like this prize to be won she's in it she's there yeah and i mean it's it's sort of weird when you think about like who's the i don't know that we were that aware of social dynamics in high school again were we just studying all the time yeah um but anyway it's like when you think about the most popular person you know in your life they're not like movie star good looking or maybe they are i don't know uh, but they're, they're usually just, like, well-liked and maybe funny and, yeah. and charming. Friendly. Exactly. That's, exactly. A, that's the myth about popular people. Like, God, I hate them so much. But they're usually not complete jerks. They're usually, like, pretty nice and easygoing. And maybe they talk about you behind your back, but, like, you meet them and you're like, Yeah, they're yeah, well-rounded. Um, and so, yeah, she fits that archetype. And I don't know who else was going to this high school. Maybe everyone else was sort of average all of them pale in comparison yeah if it's a smaller high school maybe there's just like one person that kind of is the popular girl i mean to the first part of that question where why is her picture still in the case after 40 years maybe it's just been ugly student after ugly student i know you need someone photogenic in that case Mm -hmm. you know you want people to remember hot people went here once or maybe that was the year they like founded the high school so she's like frozen (laughs) in time that's kind of deep yeah. Yeah. The memory of the city sort of starts. You know how we talk, I think, in Gilmore Girls, it's like Rory and Lorelai, like the entire town worships them. And revolves around exactly. them. Exactly. And and so it's like, well, what did they do before these two moved to town? They did waited. They sort of like their entire, yeah, exactly. So I just think maybe when, I don't know. So when Allie left, say... she left this like gaping void that no one could fill. Except maybe, who knows? Some character we haven't seen yet. A Kumiko, maybe. I don't know about that. But, like, we've just established Allie is the Alpha and the Omega. That's true. Yeah. Um, next. Okay. So this, I think, touches on kind of season three stuff. Do we want to start talking about the trailer? Yeah. We've seen... So I have been kind of tracking for what seems like forever when, when season three is coming out. So I saw, like, a little... A few kind of teaser trailers. Nothing which really revealed anything satisfying. But as I just showed Lata, who was stayed out of the fray, there was one kind of brief trailer before the official trailer dropped that has a... It was the most frustrating thing I've ever seen. Right. It, it, show, it opens to Daniel in Okinawa. Um, confirmed spoiler. He goes to Okinawa. 
what else for Miyagi? And he has a line that says something like, Miyagi would never lie to me. Um, and would never keep secrets would from never me. Would never keep secrets from me. And then he's pinned to the ground by, I think we understand now this person is probably chosen. Are you so sure about that? I don't he know says ominously. anymore. Um, the next trailer is much more satisfying than that. But yeah, that one, that teaser is just like... But yeah, uh, Miyagi would never keep secrets from me. So, begs the question, what secret do you think Miyagi's keeping? You know what secret I want him to have kept. You oh. know. Um, I always, you know, I know, thanks to a, a listener actually reminding me of this, that Miyagi had one son who died as an infant uh, in an internment camp while Miyagi was, like, fighting the Jerrys during World War II. But I always wanted Miyagi to have, like, another son, a secret son, perhaps, a true heir to Miyagi-Do. And I could just see, like, horrific tension between Ralph Macchio, who's, like, sort of Miyagi's self-appointed son, and Miyagi's secret son, who comes in and is just like, Bitch, I own the IP rights to this dojo. <laughs> that's what I got I love it so I mean I really like this topic of like holding grudges and vengeance because I mean this is like the one thing that pops up in every single Karate Kid movie it's like in the show's DNA so I think yes he has an illegitimate son by who oh by uh, that woman that he abandoned Yuki yes thank you Yuki right who if you listen to our Karate Kid um, 2 movie review has the most thankless role in cinema, basically, where Miyagi was in love with her, but he couldn't marry her because she was arranged to marry his friend, uh-huh. so he left. Totally logical plot. And she never ended up marrying anybody. And then Miyagi goes back to Japan and, like, buries the hatchet with his old friend, and then Yuki says, like, I still love you, and Miyagi's like, cool, thanks, and then leaves. Yeah? Yeah. Like, and so she's been, like, unmarried, possibly a virgin for, like, ever. In the meantime, like, Miyagi's been, like, having families and, I don't know, living it up in Reseda. Like, so, what? wait, you think that she had a child before he came back the second time for her? Well, I mean, it's the only way that that yeah, would work yeah. out. Geriatric pregnancy, well, anyone? actually, I'm Medical not going to say it's not marvels. possible. Okinawans are very long-lived. That's true, another kind of magic. Mm-hmm. So, she, yes, yeah, so she had a kid, and I think what better way for the show to kind of address this idea of like long-standing grudges is is this idea of redemption and fathers and sons um and so i think yuki's revenge is what i want to see oh my god yuki taking all of that all those hopes and and dreams that she had about making a life with miyagi and and realizing that he just moved on thoughtlessly to whoever was next and she sort of imparts these lessons to her son who grows up with a kernel of rage and hate in his heart. Not unlike Anthony. Whoa. So I feel like Daniel is going to face down a lot of demons. Miyagi's pissed off son, his own pissed off son. And, you know, a lot of it, this this is a saga of failed fatherhood. Where, like, you know, you see with Johnny, he's got, like, Miguel as his substitute son because he was a shit father to his actual son, Robbie. Maybe Dan, I mean, maybe Miyagi had the same thing going where Ralph, uh, sorry, not Ralph, Daniel is his substitute son 
for the to make up for like his failure to be a father to his real son. Let's be honest, this isn't true. This could not possibly. I don't true. know, but I mean, <laughs> let's not get too deep into the weeds about what's just know clearly that we a crackpot theory. First, that Yuki's <laughs> out for blood, and uh, we called it. Okay, come on. You know the real secret is that Miyagi like once kicked a dog in the street, and now he felt bad about it forever. You know, it's going to be <laughs> some minor sin that Miyagi committed that makes Daniel realize that not all heroes are perfect. Bam. Or... That's what I'm really calling. Okay. Another plot point that I don't think will happen, but I think it's interesting to think about, (laughs) is like, so Daniel's very obsessed with the idea of family and and any connection to Miyagi, and Miyagi's long gone. And so what if Miyagi had, like, an estranged brother or something um, that obviously hates his guts? Because Miyagi only has enemies. (laughs) Daniel is his one true worshiper, but maybe, like, a... Kind of like a Terry Silver figure hmm. that is like, hey, uh, you were Miyagi's best student. Uh, you know, how about you join my dojo? But then he teaches him. But know. Daniel's like 50 years old at this point. I mean, come on. He still doesn't know any karate, <laughs> though. Wait, 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 wait. Everything He's constantly searching. Nina, everything just came together for me in one glorious crystalline moment. All right, John Nash. <sighs> okay. Lay it on me. Okay. Miyagi had a secret son with Yuki, and that son is named Chosen. Bam! Oh, shit, that's great! Because Chosen, as you, I'm sure everyone knows, and Karate Kid 2, is the nephew of Miyagi's old best friend, current enemy, rival for Yuki's affections. He kind of appears from nowhere just to be a bully and an asshole and stuff like that. But, you know what? Like, who's his father? Who's his mother? We don't meet them. I mean, what if Yuki and Miyagi got Yuki pregnant before he left? And in shame, she has like this, uh, this son and somehow he's adopted by, uh, I can't remember the name of Miyagi's old enemy slash friend. Um, shit. Somehow the shame is papered over and he's adopted and and considered like that guy's nephew for whatever reason. But really he's Miyagi's son and he's always been Miyagi's son. Bam. So you think he's out for... Out to destroy Miyagi. Yeah, and why not? Daniel. Why the hell not? What's Chosen up to? Um, <laughs> what has been cho- Chosen is managing that failing grocery store. I think it's like the the rage of abandonment, right? Mm-hmm. It's like also I want to mention that Chosen has one of the single greatest moments in the Karate Sato. Kid franchise when he um, Sato is the name of the old enemy when he zip lines in in the finale of Karate Kid Two, and I kind of hope he makes a similar entrance into Cobra Kai. I know. I mean, a part of me is sad that Sat- or sorry, um, Chosen isn't in Reseda. Like, this is all taking place in Okinawa. Because I feel like, I don't know, it loses sort of its, like, L.A. magic. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like we were so disappointed when, when we switched locations to Okinawa. Yeah. Things got real weird there. Yeah. I mean, I'm a little bit concerned about the Okinawa parts of the story. Um but, you know, I mean, we'll see how they how it works out. But, like, we all know that, like, the real action that we're interested in is, like, right here in the heart of Reseda. I say right here as if we're in Reseda. We're not. But, like, yeah, spiritually but we are. Yeah, before we wrap up with the Okinawa part, let's talk about Kumiko. Okay. Who has been languishing in this punishing dance studio, which <laughs> is, like, I'm imagining some sort of, like, Black Swan-esque training where it kind of warps her soul. So we know Kumiko is going to be in the season. Like, mm-hmm. was she in the trailer? Like, yeah, yeah. Okay, I guess I was too focused on the chosen part of everything. But <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm going to say that, like, not that anybody cares about this except me, but like uh, the actress who plays Kumiko, 
Um, recently was in like the Star Trek Picard series. So you're right, this is not. No, all of you guys, I'm sure, are also Star Trek fans because you're cool people. But like, I was just really excited to see her again, like in this role where she's like kind of fierce and like uh, and kind of an asshole. And I like hoped that she brings that fierce asshole energy into reprising her role as Kumiko, who is kind of not much of an anything character. I know. I mean, if we can't have a vengeful. Uh, spirit of Yuki, who has every reason in the you world. You really want a vengeful spirit in I here. I think it's a great idea of this, like, original cast as, like, this passive person waiting for the love of Miyagi or, like, the main male protagonist, and then how do you give her her own arc and give her some agency? And I of course, think, like I, a pissed off Kumiko who I don't I think don't Daniel wronged her though. Like she just decided that to go to dance school. Of. Like maybe she's like you know like any grudge. Like do we know why Chosen is angry in the second movie? No idea. I mean, we had lots of cool crackpot theories about it, but yeah, obviously. Okay. But, but Kumiko's just mad. But I mean, I love the idea. I mean, it's two things. One, she could have a legitimate reason. But haven't you ever met a bully that's just like? And you think Kumiko is that bully? Kumiko is <laughs> just going to be, be like, fuck you. That would be amazing. Right. That Daniel goes all the way to Okinawa for some wisdom and lessons, and all he gets is, like, a pissed-off ex. Okay, all right. I mean, that would be kind of fun. Which but... is in keeping with his midlife crisis. That's what happens when you go out looking for trouble. Nah. Um, okay, this kind of got away from It us. did. Wait, are we still doing mailbag comments? We're, because, uh, are we skipping around? Mm, Actually... the trailer and... I think there's yeah. a lot of, a lot of kind of surprise comebacks. Kyler, oh my god, I'm so happy about this. Yeah, I I always thought it was a shame when he kind of exited. I think he's recovered. He's obviously going to be part of Crease's new. Yeah, because the the great thing is that you get this flashback to Hawk, who's now like a raging like asshole. You get the flashback to him being bullied by Kyler, and then suddenly you see Kyler in the back of the Cobra Kai class, giving him like that smug nod. And one, I love Kyler. As an Asian bully, you don't see too many of those on TV, so I really feel like he was a trailblazer there. And uh, that that's important to me. Representation in bullying. that We need that for all like races. Do you feel like Hawk and, and Kyler are going to be friends now, even though... No! I feel like the thing that Hawk hates the most is anything that reminds people of who he used to be. That's why he could not, like, stand being friends with Dimitri anymore. Oh, God, is Kyler going to get another beatdown, you think? I mean, I think <laughs> it's going to... I'm actually excited for this. The second reason I'm excited for Kyler's return is that, like, Hawk had, like, one of the greatest arcs in season one of all time, like, be, like becoming Hawk, right? And then, like, season two, you see him becoming more and more of a psychopath and more of, like, a raging villain. And it's almost like... But you introduce his OG bully... Right? And suddenly, like, I don't know. That's interesting, right? That kind of brings him back down to earth. Like, you weren't always this dude with a mohawk beating up on people. You used to be this, like, you know, this kid. Do you think it's going to kind of draw back uh, the original hawk into, like, a kind of shire? I think it, or do you I think like that would be push an, him over the edge? I think that the first thing would be a more interesting place to go with that. Like, to see him, like... Not regress, because he wasn't, he was a better person before he was Hawk, obviously. But, like, I don't know, get some more perspective of himself. Because, like, he's, like, a gigantic bully now. And it must be kind of weird to see, like, the person who made you a bully. Are we going to see the softer side of Kyler? Oh, man. Do we, I mean... All we really know about him is that he likes fish sticks and beating up on kids. That's true. And that, I don't know. I mean, how do you think you'd get along with Kreese, for example? Huh. Yeah, I think he'd get along fine with Crease. Yeah. I mean, he's not... I don't see him falling in the line and, like, 
being disciplined, you know? Yeah. The priest would want to. To be honest, I don't really, like, I don't really see him being, like, that serious about learning karate. But you know what? You're right. Kyler, I hardly know you. I want to know what your story is. Um, so we'll see. Exactly. Um, who's not coming back? Uh, Aisha. What? Aisha's not on, not on the cast list for, for next season. Are you serious? I'm not really sure why, but, uh, I'm just curious how they plan to write her off. Is it, she going to camp again? She probably just moved and they're like, whatever, but like... Yeah, which leaves us kind of when, when you think of, like, primary female protagonists. It's just, it's just Sam and freaking Tori. This, that actually bugs me because I feel like Aisha didn't wasn't really well served by season two, but then again, like not many characters were. Maybe she left town because she was tired of being pressured into friendship by Sam. Jesus, yeah, you know, it got too much. Stage five clinger, she had to go. But like that sucks because she's like one of the original Cobra Kai students. True, and like I I feel like her arc in season one was like so good, and then yeah, I know they didn't know what to do with her in season two she didn't even like have a big rival to show down with at the end but yeah and i feel like <sighs> i feel like it'd be so tiresome to he- see um sam and tori kind of circle each other for an entire season over miguel or whoever whoever it is yeah Ugh. i mean <sighs> i guess you have on our like mina has an outline prepared and she says, I, I can read it over her shoulder, no. who else wants to see Tori beat up Sam? Okay, I'm sorry. I take it that you do. You I psycho. mean, I, I've always said that Tori actually knows how to fight. and um, That is very actually, satisfying was, to watch. It was actually a really good fight to see. And in this show, I mean, to the extent that we can stomach teen dynamics, like, we're actually very invested in the Miguel and um, Johnny and, and to some extent Daniel storylines. But... I feel like our interest in the high school plot lines is sort of, like, middling, and I think it's helped a little bit, especially with Sam, who I don't care who her friend of the week is. It would be yeah. great to see her care about something um, and actually fight, so and I feel like karate might be might make her more interesting. You're right in that, like, I'm not a big... I don't think Sam has had, like, very interesting storylines or, you know, really done much... But one of the most satisfying things that surprised me the most is, like, in that big, like, no-holds-barred uh, brawl at the end of Season 2, I was not expecting to think that the Tori and Sam fight is the best of the 19 fights that are going on. But it is, like, so vicious, and it's so... Yeah, they spent some time on it. Yeah. And, uh... and it's, like, so... It's not fun exactly, but it is so interesting to watch. And it's, like, yeah, I guess karate could make her more interesting if she, like, actually took it if it seemed like it was more important to her than just, like, a right. way to I hang mean, out with we, guys. We've seen that, like, karate gives people some edge in this, or, like, some shading to their character, and it's, like, we'd like to, again, like, I'm very interested in seeing vengeful Yuki, vengeful <laughs> Kumiko, vengeful Amanda. She wants vengeful everybody. I would love that, because I think it makes them driven. It gives them a sense of purpose. And for Sam to have something taken away from her maybe she's all fucked up and traumatized from this um end of year fight and losing miguel i mean Um, and and i would imagine that she feels like a lot of it's her fault which is like probably they're they're gonna explore that a little bit i hope that they like i don't know what it was like in the first season like you know like you like miguel and it's interesting to see the transformations of like hawk and aisha and like even in the second season i felt like you know, Dimitri, it's kind of, there's like a, some glimmers of interest there, but like, I really hope that they do something 
to make like the teens like more compelling than like I don't know like oh great it's like Degrassi but with karate cool yeah like, exactly I, I it's so interesting because I mean what do you think that plot line would involve if it's not like love triangles uh, kind of you think like drawing into their relationships I, with their parents more? uh actually like so here's the thing like Johnny Lawrence is clearly, like, the best part of the show. He's the best character, and it's, like, we are, like, honestly, probably seasons two failing is that it moves away from him. It's almost like Johnny's fine. It's it's cool. But, and you're really, like, diving into, like, these high school dynamics that are not, like, it's honestly Sam and Robbie. They're just not that interesting. And so, like, it's hard when, like, plot lines hinge on them. But, like... I think that what might be cool is, like, if they explore different permutations of characters. Do you know what I mean? Like, one of the things I liked about season two was when um, Daniel gets uh, Dimitri as a student. And for the first time, he has, like, a student who's not, like, you know, ready to listen to every word he says and, like, diligent and, like, improving overnight. We have this student who's just, like, terrible. And Daniel's, like trying like desperately to find a way to like connect with him and i was like this this is perfect actually see, what a cool I dynamic see and kyler having that same relationship that would be fun or like <laughs> i'd like to see like i don't know maybe sam becomes interesting when like johnny's her sensei i i don't know maybe like maybe we should like kind of mix characters up and see how like how they bounce off of each other like uh what about like Hawk and Daniel? Like, or I don't know, something like that. Oh my god, I I, th- I feel like Hawk would walk off. I don't think he could handle a Daniel lesson. He's like, these aren't actionable steps. What do you mean by balance? Why have you been in the woods for two days? My hair, it's falling. I know. Yeah, you can't but... have a crease lesson and then go into a Daniel lesson. Why not? Let's see how it goes. Let's like, <laughs> let's mix everybody up in a bag and like draw out two characters and finally finally see that chosen robbie face off that we've all been waiting for come on guys do you feel like chosen will travel back to no probably not it doesn't make any sense okay unless he zip lines over the ocean in which case i'm will we see the zip line that's all i care oh god i want to see the zip line i would just give my kidneys to see that will we see more bonsai action i mean karate kid 3 featured a ton of kind of symbolic bonsai bonsai are always symbolic nobody grows bonsai just for the hell of it it's always like (laughs) To make a point of some sort. Um, so, I mean, let's get to kind of what we, where we see. It's sort of vague from the trailer, probably intentionally. So, like, why is Daniel in Okinawa? Um, and how is he, what happens to poor LaRusso Otto? Okay, obviously, Daniel's in Okinawa seeking balance. Duh. And Amanda is running LaRusso Otto, and for some reason not threatening divorce because... <sighs> yeah, there's that scene because... in the uh, trailer where she's basically confronting Crease, and I thought, man, so our, our dreams of a kind of LaRusso divorce are not going to come to pass in this season anyway. Yeah, she's like, like, once you've, like, decided you're okay with your husband and business partner, I might add, starting a side business that takes up all of his time and earns no money, like, you're like, you know what, it's fine, okay. <sighs> I married him for his looks anyway. His... <laughs> crazy non-aging looks and his secret to eternal youth that's fine okay and I, I like amanda even though she's like i mean you've pointed out that she's sort of like she doesn't have much of a character they herself have no interest in doing anything with her being but a supportive wife yeah but the thing is it's like she's funny and that'll like go a long way with me she's like she whenever she shows up it's never to like really drive her own interests but it's always with something that's kind of like 
pretty cutting and pokes holes in like uh daniel's overinflated sense of everything so you know what it's fine interestingly i mean i think uh getting all roads lead back to Allie. um it really did seem like she would be making an appearance in season three but now i'm not so sure because with kumiko in the mix it seems a little crowded Mm -hmm. you know like there's too many x's well, I mean, maybe they're holding her back as, like, a surprise, you know? It could happen. I mean, you're still holding out for Terry Silver, I know. Hell yes. I'm sorry. I feel like there's enough reason to think that they're... I don't know. I, I feel like at the last the last episode of season three, we're either going to get a Terry Silver or... I mean, there's really no other big... Um, canonically Karate Kid character. Yeah. Unless Miyagi himself shows up yes that would be amazing yes i mean he's faked his death to get away from from daniel's clinginess that would be fantastic and i I, yeah i would be all for it he's like i learned how to fake my death from crease (laughs) he gave me all the info i needed um a crease miyagi alliance would blow yeah right that's what i'm saying you need these weird character permutations that that keeps things interesting i'm actually not sure i mean I don't know if actually having Terry Silver or Allie come back in season three would, like, I don't know, like, what it would add. But you know what? I'll, creators of the show, like, I'll see what you got up your sleeves. Maybe maybe there'd be something Yeah, there. having Allie be the focal point of a classic love triangle would make it too much kind of like a regular TV drama. They need to do something. And this is like a crazy psycho karate yeah. drama. <laughs> even season two, that like, which, like, you know, we've talked about how it was not as good as season one. Even that ends with, like, this crazy fucking all-high school brawl. And, like, I feel like they're, I don't know, I feel like they're probably trying something a little unconventional. Yeah, and... the trailer also shows Johnny kind of trying to rehabilitate Miguel from his hospital bed. And I'm just wondering, like, how did Miguel's mom allow this? <laughs> There's that, but I I was so, so happy seeing those scenes, just because it's like, you know, like, the Miguel Johnny thing is, like, the heart like of the show. Do you feel like it's going to be, like, ten episodes of them, like, is, are we going to see Miguel fight at all in this season? You know, if we do, I mean, that would seem kind of unrealistic. Just, I think walking is going to be the big victory for him here, but, like, okay, I don't know. Uh, maybe he's got that, like, maybe Johnny... We're not watching this show for real. Maybe Johnny has some of that demon sorcerer Miyagi magic in him and he can like give it to Miguel. I want the show to like lean into the supernatural and be like, what the fuck? That's what we, we that's what the show's missing. We can bring people back from the dead. Why the hell not? Miyagi's brother's back. And like Miguel's spine has been replaced with like an adamantium spine, like Wolverine. And it's just, yeah. Why not? That would be awesome. Let's go with the, let's just make this the X-Men with karate. And I think you've got something there. Uh, but I'm, yeah, I'm happy to see, like, Miguel is not dead, one, and two, is just, like, just to see, like, him and Johnny, like, interacting again, like, ah, man, I miss yeah, that. they're delightful. They're delightful. I see you also wrote trailer notes, Robbie and Juvie. How do you feel about that, Nina? Um. <laughs> to me, I was like, duh. Do, do I rejoice that Robbie is getting beat up in Juvie? Maybe. Maybe a little bit. Um, he's just such a, again, it's like. Plato, or I'm not sure what you can do to him to make him interesting <laughs> or compelling, and and so I feel like the writers are maybe just dropping him into different situations. They made him a thug at the start of the show. Well, I mean, to me, it's like first of all, it's very logical that he would be in juvie because it's like, yeah, you uh, assaulted another student at your school, and you already have like a criminal record. Of course, you'd be thrown in juvie after that. That that at least I was like, that's logical. 
Um, but I want to say, I'm kind of hoping that in Juvie, they make him cut his hair. Yeah, I feel like his hair is going to go through some changes. It's gotten to pro- be a problem. And I wonder if he's like Samson, like without his hair, like he's, <laughs> he's nothing. So what, we'll see. What personality do you think would, would he have once he, he cuts that hair? I bet once you like cut his hair, he suddenly has like a, a London accent. You know, I feel like he was never convincing as a kind of menacing street thug. And he wasn't <laughs> no. all that convincing as kind of a goody two-shoes. No. He was just like, I, I'm trying to think of what character he should take on that would be interesting. Here's an idea. Okay, so Tori also probably goes to Juvie. Oh yeah, probably, yes. Although, and I have to check, but I think I think the show creator's uh, one spoiler was that she gets out somehow. Someone springs her, and so... Terry Silver springs her in your fantasies. I um, I would love for Terry Silver to still be Miguel's dad, so I'm holding out for that. <laughs> but yeah, we do, we don't know who who Tori's dad is or who springs her out. Someone with deep pockets, like Terry Silver, or Crease. Well, Crease is mysteriously mysteriously yeah, wealthy. Bankrolling Crease, <laughs> all signs point to Silver. That's true. It's always Silver, isn't it? Always, silver all roads lead to Silver. <laughs> Um, but yeah, what do you think Tori's arc is going to be? Uh, you know, she beat up Sam in like this horrendous way, somehow got out of juvie. I mean, she has no revenge to be, wait, no, she would probably be vengeful against Robbie, honestly, wouldn't she? Because it's like, Robbie's the one who like, fucked up her boyfriend. Well, what would be interesting is she, she tries to hate Robbie, but then they've both been so hardened by juvie, oh, they bond. Oh, God. That would be, I mean, it's possible, but, ugh. And they both realize the real enemy is Sam. Yes. And and really, like, they gotta get, join forces exactly. to defeat all-powerful Sam. What I would love for Sam to just wake up and realize the entire school is out to get her. <laughs> and, then, and somehow she still wouldn't be interesting. Somehow. Yeah, she's burned a lot of bridges. And where do you go when you burn bridges? Okinawa. Well, yeah, I assume that she's with her dad in Okinawa finding balance right now. And Tori, Tori, like, ah, it's, like, tough to see, like, them do anything interesting with Tori just because, like, they, I don't know, Tori's not, like, what are her character traits? Like, you know, she's tough and hot and, yeah. Tough and hot. Yeah, I don't know. I I feel like this is going to be a very, like, blah season unless they like subvert expectations across the board to be fair though i want to say what excites me about this season is that like it seems like the focus is back on johnny and you know to some extent daniel um like first of all like you you can see in the trailer the johnny and miguel stuff and then you also see that it's clear that johnny and daniel are joining forces to take down crease which is let's face it what everybody wanted all along was for Johnny and Daniel to join forces and do something. And, like, anytime we get a glimmer of them doing something, we, like, lose our Here's shit. Here's a question. Do you think Johnny needs Daniel's help? Yes. Okay. Because he's got financial resources? Yes. I mean, there's that. He's like, God, oh my God, Daniel's Johnny's Terry Silver. God, but, um, I would love for there to be a scene where they have, like, a P.I. tracking creases movement. <laughs> I mean, one, because, like, Daniel really wants to help, and Johnny's probably like, well, if you can fund this little thing, sure. But, I mean, also, it's symbolic. Do you know what I mean? Like, Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, neither one is right, neither one is wrong. They have to join forces to defeat a greater evil, obviously. But I think it could be fun, because they always have fun scenes together, so yeah, why not? Yeah, that's true. They are very cute together. Um, 
Yeah. I, do you think we'll ever get any shading to crease this character? No. More backstory? Impossible. I mean, he's. we'll find out that he fought in like 20 other wars and was is somehow still homeless. There's I no mean, redemption arc for him? No. I mean, look at him. Just look That's at true. him. Look at his pouty fucking face. You're just like, yeah, nah. The only way I can see it is he has a traumatic brain injury <laughs> that like completely changes his personality and he has no memory of old crease. I like this because we, we got to get into the real soap opera trope. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, Kreese is just like, you know, I like it. He's just a trash bag. It's fine. And like, the big mystery of Kreese is how this literal homeless man managed to worm his way into like a karate empire, which, um... While Don't clearly attending night business school. <laughs> take over <laughs> a business, keep the books clean. Yeah, because like, I think um, one of your questions uh, for season three is like, how can Kreese afford the Cobra Kai studio after stealing it from Johnny? I mean, clearly, yeah, he's very good at bookkeeping. And he, like, he knew exactly what to do to, like, negotiate the lease right under from Johnny. And it's like, you are literally a crazy homeless man. What? This what? is why I think Terry Silver has to be involved somehow. He's pulling the strings. Just a 30-year bankroll. I mean, shit. That's friendship. That is friendship. Would you bankroll my revenge plot? <laughs> I mean... What am I getting out of this exactly? You get to see me happy. All or right. at least, that's, you know, vengeful. Sure. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Oh. This is the real lesson. If you save someone's life in a war that we're not sure really happened, <laughs> Vietnam. they owe you forever. And they, and they owe you everything. with all your little schemes. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's what friendship is, going along Love with each other's open, schemes. Love has opened, like, 40 dojos in the D.C. metro area, oh, and I can't, you know... Each one more evil than the last. I don't want to be the one to tell her, we can't afford this. We can afford you know? it. Come we on. don't have any students. Well, no, it's not about the students. It's about the heart. <laughs> oh, God, that makes you Daniel. Yes, actually. <laughs> oh, man. Exactly. <sighs> well, okay. Um, what have we not... Okay. Okay. We, what have we not discussed? We have not discussed Anthony. Um, a comment from one of our listeners, uh, referred us to watching this deleted scene from, like, the last episode in season one, the the big tournament episode. Um, they say it might be the worst of Anthony we've seen. To recap the clip, it's got, like, they're at the, do- they're at the big studio in season, uh, sorry, the big tournament in season one. There are posters of Daniel having won the tournament 25 years ago everywhere. And, and Anthony has this like thing where he goes up to his dad and is like, I never told you how proud of, I- of you I am. And also, I really love you, dad. And Daniel like softens for a moment and says, I really love you too. And they hug and then Daniel, a- and then Anthony asks for an Xbox because he's like the worst. I don't know. What'd you think of that? Uh, so I think it's, it's, well, it's kind of tragic if you think about it, because neither son nor father really know each other. So like, if you were, like, Anthony's kind of a turd, and if your turdy son suddenly is like, I love you, you should have already been on guard. Like, that's not something Mm -hmm. uh, a normal 10 year old, how old is Anthony? And like, you've met Anthony, right? Yeah, you know Anthony, the guy lives in your house. Um, but it's like, Daniel just like... It's like if you had a house guest that you never really got to know, and they're like, yo, I love you. And you're like, that's really nice. And they're like, psych, I actually just want some money. And that's that's what that scene is. It's like, you don't know your kid at all. Do you know what uh, my takeaway is? I think they deleted the scene 
Because, you know, in that scene, Daniel, like, hugs Anthony and says, I love you. And they didn't want to have a scene where Daniel lies like that. Not just that, but when he's like, oh, you just want an Xbox? He doesn't even hug Anthony. Where All he says is like, yeah, that means a lot. Kind of like if your house guest was like, yo, thanks for letting me crash here for 20 years. Here's a sock as a gift. You're like, thanks, man. And they're like, psych, I want to take back the sock. And... The, the scene ends with... That metaphor of, is totally it's, baffling. It's flawless. It's airtight. <laughs> the, the scene ends with Daniel just kind of brushing past Anthony. Um, I mean... It's like, his words actually... He doesn't care if his son loves him or not. <laughs> you know? He's just kind of like... Yeah, he's not even, like, really that... Well, I mean, that I'm would suggest that... financially tied to you for 18 years. Mm-hmm. And do I observe when you're here or at computer camp or missing? No, I don't care. No. But yeah, that's... The, again, like, hearing Anthony say... Or hearing Daniel tell Anthony that he loves him, it's like, that's not true. Come Anthony on. Anthony is the face on the milk carton. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think... Uh, I, so, I mean, I think in terms of his arc, there... It, se- it would seem like a wasted opportunity not to have him join... Um, Cobra Kai. No, Anthony doesn't do physical activity, and I support him on that. They cannot mold him. Well, that's what they said about Dimitri, but he had like a, in the trailer, he's doing like a little front sweep action. No, I want, what I want is for all these like karate bros to line up to have some battle royale, and then Anthony sends in his army of drones to take them all out. Because you know what? Technology trumps karate kids. That's just true. That's just a fact. I actually like the idea of Anthony being a Trojan horse in Miyagi-Do. Like, he realizes because of his family, you know, history, he's sort of like, Daniel kind of assumes his loyalty, and then he has, like, a moment of reckoning where he's like, you know what? I've been treated like shit all my life by this dude. What? The guy, like, owns, like, multiple, like, gaming stations, but not an Xbox. You're right. Well, that's not really... Are you saying you can buy a kid's love? Of course you can buy a kid's love. It's Guys, the love easiest thing is, to buy. Guys, taking away all the wrong lessons here. <laughs> Um, all she really wants is rich parents, it seems. And an Xbox. Yeah. I and feel vengeance. like they've revealed enough where it's like, Anthony's clearly, like, looking for validation. And No, he's not. Well, at the end of the, at the tournament, you know, he... He, he wants an Xbox. He's also defended Daniel to, to Johnny and be like, that's my dad, etc. Yeah. I mean, the thing that I sort of like is it's that... It's utterly one It's clearly that... We've it's... never seen one instance of... of Daniel returning that. Well, they, yeah, they deleted that one scene with the the I love you, but you know something? I like it because it's like, An- Anthony's a shit son and Daniel's a shit father. Like, neither of them have anything to yeah, hold but, against the other. But it's, one, one person is the parent and the other one is Nina, a child. wait till you have like an Anthony. Good lord. Then tell me what you this think. This is dark. This is dark. I mean, I get it that you can't choose your children. Nope. And some might turn out like Anthony. Yep. But oh my god, Anthony didn't choose to have an absentee dad. I mean, who knows? Doesn't ask about computer camp. Doesn't ask about anything. No. Who even knows if Anthony was actually at computer camp? Yeah. Maybe I mean, he was taking lessons from Terry Silver. No one wants to train Anthony. I think. <laughs> yeah, he exists at a kind of dead zone. But yeah, I, I would I would like to see an Anthony-focused episode where it's like told in flashbacks. Like, yeah, what was he doing those summers? And it's probably something... Building his drone army. It's like his little revenge plot. Is like I, falling you would revenge plots. But yes, no, I agree with you. I'd like to yeah. see... I'd like to see that Anthony's been pulling the strings all along. 
that all of the rivalries are based on Anthony's interference and direct meddling. Yeah, he's the only one that... Um, he traveled even, back in time and introduced Allie to his... Fu- okay, I'll stop. Even more so than Hawk, who's just like, you can see Hawk had like a, a sensitive side. Everything we've seen of Anthony is like this, like kind of the classic sociopath. Like, yeah, he's a douche. Emotional and, and, you know, as he gets older, who knows? Torturing animals, setting fires. What's next? Time travel. Time travel, yeah. also classic sociopathic. Right. Um, Cobra Kai, go more off the wall. Like, get the supernatural, the time travel, the mutants, the space exploration. <laughs> we want it all. An Anthony Yuki Kumiko trifecta. <gasps> They're all working Finally. to destroy Daniel. You heard it here. That's what we're predicting. And then the final scene, Miyagi comes back and just slow claps. <laughs> That's what he wanted this whole time. <laughs> Payback. These are the kind of predictions you come to us for, and we deliver. Is it a little out there? Is it sure. a little too much for you? Is it in your face? Think about it. Okay. Is, is that it? Have we, like, <laughs> we, have we reached yeah, rock I, bottom? I, I think, think we have. I so. I mean... All right. Gosh. I guess there's nothing left to say, but wait, we gotta first plug our social media again. Oh, oh yes. I think we just straight up forgot. Um, our promise to you, listeners, is, you know, when we have time, we'll take a gander. Uh, but we appreciate every single one of you. We so really do. Tweet at us, Kai underscore Cass. We'll limit the Terry Silver memes for now. She can't um, make that promise. I, I mean, who who's running this account? <laughs> I mean, with all the Terry um, Silver memes, you, you guys know who's running this account, right? Exactly. Or you can email us all your burning karate questions at cast at gmail.com. Um, Lotha, want to close this out? Well, as always, strike first. Strike hard. No mercy. No mercy.